Welcome to the Getting Messy Podcast, a conversation about walking a life of faith. It's going to be raw. It's likely to get uncomfortable with bumps and potholes and some mud, but I'm going to leave the rocks on the ground. No churchianity, no judgment. I'm just trying to live life the best I can and not cause harm. I'm always going to begin with, I don't know what I don't know. Still in my heart is to stay curious, seek to understand, and love hard. Well, let's get messy. Welcome back to uh, Getting Messy. And uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks since the last episode. And I'm eager to kind of get a little more messy. From the last episode, I, I had this, there was this phrase I kind of threw in there to talk about next week, or to talk about the next episode. Getting Messy requires looking in the mirror. And we which includes me, are unable to naturally look at ourselves. We have to have a mirror. Others can tell us, say, we're messy. Others can tell us what we look like. But unless we see it ourselves, it's easy to deny that and tell other people, oh, it's not so bad. Oh, I'm fine. It's all good. Taking a page from the recovery community, nothing is going to change until I choose to make a change, until I see it and I'm willing to make that change. It's kind of a step one thing if you're following along. So nothing's going to change until I go take a look in the mirror. Is it really that easy? First, go to the mirror. You may want to start by wiping off the stuff the schmutz on my face. Then I might want to wipe off the mirror. Then deep clean my face. And then I'm going to take a look, a real hard and real look into that mirror. And then I may need to change, choose a different mirror. And so what I really want to talk about this time is about the mirrors, about mirrors, not just, you know, a mirror, like what I'm describing there, I say the bathroom mirror, but what do we talk about? What do we mean when we say mirrors? Is it more than just that bathroom mirror where we shave or put on makeup or deal with a, a blemish? But looking in that mirror and looking deeper, looking at myself and kind of like in that, in a metaphorical way, looking at my inside myself at my beliefs and values and even where they came from. So when we think of mirrors, then our very first mirrors are going to be our parents and our families. If you consider all of the warm smiles and cooing and affection that's just freely given to infants, that sort of reflection, that sort of positive energy really affirms in the child that they're loved, that they're valued. And as we look at that, that affection, giving that sort of mirroring for the infant is easy until needs and wants start to conflict when the child wants something that's different than say what the parent wants or is trying to do. And I use the word uh, reflect, right? That feeling, that love and that value is reflected from our parents back on to us as infants. And it's what a mirror does. I was curious about that. So I looked up the definition of reflection to see. And the definition is a throwing back by a body or surface of light, heat, or sound without absorbing it. You know, the second one we all know of is serious thought or consideration, kind of like looking in the mirror and gazing into yourself. And the Latin word, or the Latin source, is reflex or bent back. So thinking about mirrors, thinking about the reflection, that it's something reflected back without absorbing it, it's like, it's like, it's like fact. It's like, this is what you see when you look at a reflection. And that's, I think, what we get 
or when we are, say, infants and developing as kids, is that we're looking at that reflection. We're looking for that approval to say, hey, you're okay, and that I love you, and that nothing's going to go wrong, and those sort of things. But as soon as that, the wants, like with a kid, a child, that conflict pops up in there. And so I'm thinking about, particularly, say, in stores, grocery stores, or wherever, where one kid's screaming, and maybe you hear, I know I've heard numerous times, parents saying, you're making me look bad, which sounds like a reflection. Your behavior is a reflection on me as a bad parent or kind of whatever that looks like. Yet I have a question. Is that behavior really a reflection on the parent and parenting or is it something else? Is it because it's, it's, happened, it's about the relationship? And the other something else that kind of came up with being a little sciencey is the word refraction. So the idea is that refraction is something else that mirrors or chunks of glass and or things do. The definition of a refraction is the fact or phenomenon of light, radio waves, etc. being deflected in passing obliquely through the interface between one medium and another or through a medium of varying density. Looking at the Latin source of that is the phrase break up. So when I taken into all this is like we have this reflection this bent back that looks like this is sort of saying who we are from our parents and when there's conflict is that really a reflection that's coming back or is that more of a refraction is that that conflict between what we want and is that where we have to fight with these relationships with these mirrors and it becomes that question is at what point do you really start cultivating a relationship not only with each other but even with our children where we have to acknowledge that there's a difference between what we're reflecting back and what we're refracting. Reflecting is not absorbing, it's just bouncing off us, whereas the reflection is something that's passing through, something that's interfacing with our own mess before it goes back onto uh, other people, particularly our kids. And so I took that and been playing with that idea when I'm thinking about mirrors and how the people in our lives are mirrors that reflect and refract back on us. And so thinking about myself, I grew up in rural Texas, just northwest of Houston. Uh, my parents divorced when I was very young. And so I had, and I had very few mirrors. I had my mom, I had the uh, well, female caretaker that was, you know, housekeeper caretaker for us while my mom worked. My father was very distant and my kind of other family members, particularly the male family members, weren't really that available to me. So the mirrors that I most remember were men I saw on public television, men I wanted to reflect, I wanted to be like, uh, men like Mr. Rogers, people like that. There's actually also Morgan Freeman with the electric company and Bob on Sesame Street. These are the men that I was thinking I would sort of, I wanted to use as a reflection, I wanted to be like. After moving to College Station, around about third grade, I was became one of the latchkey kids in the 80s where mom worked late hours, I had the key and you know came home and took care of those things. And I also really lost touch with those mirrors, those men from public television. And um, as I look at that and look at what replaced that or how they were replaced, if that lack of mirrors or how much that lack of mirrors played a role in many of my failed relationships, any, any kind of relationships, especially coming into the 80s, there seemed to be even more mirrors that were available with the advent of cable television the different movies and, and things like that. I mean, there were always movie actors, celebrities that people wanted to be like, but it seemed like it just became more 
accessible for everyone beginning in the 80s because you had movies, you had cable TV, you had MTV, celebrities all over the place. Uh, Michael Jordan was in that kind of time period and there was a, a whole thing about be like Mike, I, I remember. And then beyond that, as we've kind of come through in time, now in schools, we're throwing in a different kind of mirror, um, which I think is really mixing things up because the mirror, the reflection that we're getting is now based on all this testing and high stakes testing and testing becoming this priority for students and teachers where they're being reduced to numbers and percentages and the statement meets or does not meet standards. And compared to what we're used to with a mirror, being able to see visually, how does that, how does even, how are you able to see, even see yourself as a, as a kid in that, in that realm? And then it just keeps going because now we have even more media that are coming at us as mirrors. We have reality TV, which isn't real, big surprise. I mean, there's YouTubes and then social media. It's like crazy, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. And so there are all these mirrors that we're looking at. And then we even have some anonymous mirrors like video games and Twitter, where we can control or create the mirror that we are projecting, what we are reflecting or more accurately refracting back at others. And then we also have the ability to shatter these mirrors, shatter these reflections. We'll talk about that later. And in the very ultimate, you can now get paid to be a reflection on some place like OnlyFans or Patreon. It's in the news now just how sinister all these mirrors are. And particularly, I think like say Instagram, it mirror has filters to intentionally refract the image that's there uh, and still call it reflection. Oh, this is really me. To actually put this filter in and refract. Again, it's not just social media, but it's been in regular media forever with magazines and anytime you're able to airbrush or paint out or make a picture look that much better. And so now we're left with nothing but a bunch of refractions in this world. And how do you change what you think is being reflected at the point where you have to change yourself? And I'm reminded of reports of young people getting plastic surgery or young guys going an excessive look in the gym or all this stuff to affect this outer surface so that it looks better in the mirror, uh, changing different aspects of ourselves. And when I take that idea and run it through the Michael Jackson song for Man in the Mirror, it reflects a little differently on maybe what he was going through. So where do we look for a real reflection? What reflection can we trust? What is it, what is that mirror showing us? That mirror of other people or other other things? What are they? What is it showing it? And it, it does get messy because we have to go back to the idea, the messy idea that real mirrors are going to be more like the bathroom mirror or still water that show facts. That what we're actually seeing is bent back to us. What we put out is bent back to us, reflected back. And then truth is how we interpret those facts, which looking at right now with everything else that we're using as mirrors, that's kind of where we are. How we're interpreting the facts that we're being reflected back are kind of flawed, especially when we're using people as our mirrors. So it seems that the only answer left to change the mirror or change the subject of the mirror ourselves, or somehow both. But if truth is that interpretation, maybe the thing to change is not what we see, but how we see. One example is instead of looking into this mirror, or look whatever, and 
focusing on and seeing on what I don't have or what I lack, really look and see what I do have and what is possible, what is potential, what is out there and in a very real way. And definitely, instead of trying to match what we see in another mirror, matching that filtered, refracted image, we can learn to love and celebrate what is in the mirror on itself. And there's a lot of that, I think, in some of the body positive conversations that are happening. But I think it's beyond just that. I think we need to look at what's beyond just that physical, but who is being reflected back and how that's being reflected. And acknowledge our own refraction when we're looking at others. With that in mind, we're not reflecting what they, what we think they lack, but really reflecting what they have to offer, not just to us, but to the world. What is their potential? If they achieve things, how do we celebrate those and reflect back with empathy and joy rather than what is reflected now, which seems to be mostly envy or contempt? That sounds really hard. I can think of many times where I refracted rather than reflected. Our refraction, or more commonly, our bias, is the source of this contempt, and we all have it. It turns out refraction is part of that original bathroom mirror, too. The reflective coating is on the opposite side of the glass. The glass has some thickness, so whatever light or image is reflected, it's also refracted because it passes through the glass. It may be so slight that we don't notice, but it's there nonetheless. The key to reflection is bouncing back without absorption or without making it about me. So allow me to make it even harder because unlike the bathroom mirror, people we use as mirrors can and do change over time just as our view in the mirror changes. I mean, think about the bathroom mirror example. Very early in life, someone had to hold you up in front of that mirror so you could see yourself. And that other someone is in the mirror with you. Later on, you can drag a stool in to look in the mirror. You may be just able to see the top of your head, your face, your eyes, but it's you alone looking in that mirror. And as you grow, the mirror shows more and more of you along with the changes that are happening with you. Eventually, you can see practically all of yourself in that mirror. So the view and the viewer both changed as I grew into that reflecting mirror. I know there are sometimes I smiled at that view, and sometimes I hardly noticed the view. And many times, I intentionally avoided that view in the mirror. Because how did I feel about the view, or how did I feel about the subject I viewed? When did reflection become refraction? And then as I changed mirrors, people mirrors while growing, what reflection was I seeing then? What refraction was I seeing believing it was reflection? And at the same time, what was I refracting back? As much as I want to believe I was reflecting, I have to acknowledge it was refracting. What was my refracting causing in others? With all these refractions going on, multiple refractions, the view starts to look like a kaleidoscope. And now growing up, we all like looking in the kaleidoscope. The, the images look cool, but uh, I would never try to drive 
or even walk with kaleidoscope glasses on and uh, thinking mirrors reflecting or if we're seeing these facts refracted or broken up rather, rather than reflected and bent back. I mean, what is that going to do to any kind of truth we want to try to interpret from that view? I mean, my truth was quite the distortion for a long time, as were many relationships. You might even say, I broke a few mirrors. <laughs> Brings up another song, Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox, talking about a relationship and the brokenness from that. And as this moved on, I became a mess. And during this low point is where I had to relearn how to look, how to see. I had to take off filters and see the messy in myself, to really look at the messy. And I needed a new mirror. Picking up the shards of the broken ones was not going to work. Here's where I turn to my faith as a Christ follower and look at the mirror that Jesus was. Looking not only at how the world saw him, but how he saw the world how he reflected, bent back onto others. How looking at him was not a refraction, but a reflection of what we could be. Love your neighbor as yourself is definitely a lot easier said than done. And yet it's been paraphrased all over the place. Never judge a book by its cover. Uh, never judge a man until you walk a mile in his shoes. Or there's that whole what's it like song by Everlast. That's that reflection. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And since I like to rephrase and paraphrase things, I think of it this way. Jesus says, I am the mirror. What I reflect of you is how I see you. Seeing yourself and others as I see is how to live. So then I'm asking myself, what is my reflection? What do I see? in the mirror of others reflected back what's refracted. Sometimes it's not so great. But most importantly, am I willing to get messy, to sit in those uncomfortable places and ask, what do you see? Then stay there in the uncomfortable, willing to talk through and try to see what they see without what we're so used to doing, throwing anger and defensiveness and, and violence, which rolls right into another messy question because when we see, when we look, do we see right and wrong or do we see differences? It brings me back to art critiques when I, or design critiques that I've been in. Critique is a word that can be a real trigger, right? You're being critical of me or hypercritical, but and it's an easy way to get your defenses up. But yet as I went through this process, it became one of the most valuable and favorite tools for growth because it really focused on the message I was trying to share rather than the messenger, rather than, rather than me. It wasn't a reflection of me, but of my communication. Because it always opens with, ask, with people sharing what they see, what the piece or design says to the viewer. I, as a creator, have no control over what they see, but to be able to hear what they see. And again, they're, what they're seeing is reflection of the assignment or whatever was given, but it's also a fraction of the stuff that they brought to the table. 
and mixing those together, especially from multiple viewers, we really, or I was able to refine the message I was trying to communicate. At no point was it ever right or wrong. It was, this is what I see. This is what it's saying to me and how I can change what I am reflecting. And then, you know, roles are reversed. Doing this work with mirrors, things to remember about mirrors, all of them really, I think even the plexiglass mirrors, that mirrors are fragile. And if you're not careful with a mirror, it can break, it can shatter. And that's what we'll talk about next is how we, if we're all as mirrors, then we'll look at what is it about mirrors and how we can take care as we're walking in this relationship and being in this uncomfortable without breaking a lot of mirrors. And there's a whole thing about seven years of bad luck when you break a mirror. And there's definitely something to that in a bigger metaphorical sense. That's where we'll go next. Thank you for listening. If any of this was useful to you, I am really grateful. If you would, do me a favor and click on subscribe to keep listening to this mess. You can also find me on Instagram at Getting Messy Podcast, and there you can shoot me a note, make a comment, or ask a question. Feel free to share this with anyone else you think might benefit from getting messy. And remember, I'm on your side, so stay safe and see you soon.